Welcome to The Code, your guide to health and human performance. I'm your host, Dr. Andrew Fix from Physio Room, a performance-based rehab facility here in Denver. On this podcast, we're going to explore the key areas of your life that impact your overall health and wellness, from sleep hygiene and stress management to nutrition, movement, relationships, and more. We bring you conversations with industry experts and top performers to share strategies they have for cracking the code on health and human performance. Now let's get to today's show. What's going on, everybody? Dr. Andrew Fix back on another episode of The Code. Thanks for being here with us. I'm sitting here with a friend of mine, Chelsea Palmer. She is one of the owners of Training Block, which is a, I'll let her tell you all the details, but this is an online platform geared towards endurance athletes right now that is going to be expanding and becoming a massive resource hub for athletes. Um, Chelsea, thank you so much for joining me and coming on to The Code. Thanks for having me, Andrew. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I know we're both here in the you know Denver Boulder area, but we're sitting on Zoom, which is kind of cool. So thanks for joining me virtually. Will you um will you do me a favor and share a little bit with the people that are so kind to tune in to listen to this and tell them a little bit about you and then um we'll see where where your background story goes. And then um eventually what we'll get to is share a little bit about what training block is. Yeah. So um my husband and I actually just relocated out here in May with our two and a half year old and our one year old. Uh, we're right outside of Boulder, um, loving it. Absolutely love the summer here, and we're really interested to see how we fare here in the winter time as Floridians. <laughs> um, but yeah, so my background is um, I'm a corporate attorney. I've been a practicing attorney for about seven, going on eight years now. Um, with a, a background in business before that. And I'm also a, an avid runner, have been for a long time. Um, actually met my husband at a uh, the finish line of a half marathon where, where I was getting my master's in Gainesville, Florida. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just been a big part of my life for really the, the second half of my life so far. So um, that's one of the things that really attracted us to Boulder is people here are are active, um, find a lot of joy in being outside. Mm-hmm. And, and really, you can just feel it being here. There's people that run or hike or bike or do triathlons or do all of those things. But, yeah. you know, the community is just a, a beautiful place to be in. And we intended to be out here for the summer. And it's mm-hmm. looking like we're going to be out here um, probably permanently for more than the same. Yeah. 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 We're enjoying it a lot. I think that's happening. Uh, cause just like you, I relocated out here and, uh, you know, people that have listened to this show probably know that I'm from Wisconsin, but, uh, my wife, Erin and I moved out here. I keep telling everybody two and a half years ago, but it's not quite two and a half. Um, but it's slowly getting to two and a half years ago. And from what I can tell people that move here usually stay here. So there's, you know, a lot of people from whether it's the Midwest or from the South or or whatever, who they don't go back. So we'll see, we'll see what happens with you. And we'll see what, ha- what happens with me. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not a, not a bad place to be. Again, this summertime is, is uh, being from Florida. It's a, it's a great change of pace in terms of having, mm-hmm. having the, the, the mornings being in the sixties, you know, you don't, you, you just don't get that in the Southeast. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. You yeah, just get we'll the heat and the we'll humidity, see. heat and immunity <laughs> all the time. Um, yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm totally with you. Like I, I do think it's kind of palpable. Like you can feel kind of the, 
the lifestyle kind of difference out here or in some other, you know, some other cities where just like the activity level of people is just the average is higher here. And you can feel that. And then, you know, it's also pretty beneficial. I think that it's sunny most of the time here that keeps people active and enjoying the outdoors. But, um, but yeah, so you, was it at Florida that you went to grad school? It was, yes. I was there for undergrad and graduate school and then um, stayed in the Southeast, but went to Alabama for law school after Mm -hmm. that. Yep. Yep. I remember that part of you telling me that. Um, What is it like in, like, what's the, you know, the activity life like in Gainesville or, or in Tuscaloosa? I've not actually been to Gainesville. I've been to Tuscaloosa just one day. So I never really have spent much time in either of those places. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Gainesville is a unique place. I mean, it's a college town, but both of them are college towns, Mm -hmm. very different feels just because Gainesville is technically in the South, but it doesn't feel very Southern. Mm. Um, There, there's, there's a a good community there. I, I will say it's more so college students that are, you know, just going out and about a lot of people going to the gym, a lot of people doing things indoors because, it is really hot there most of the year, but, but they host, they host some great local runs. There's a great track club down there, um, called the Florida track club. It was, uh, originally started, I think by Frank Shorter, one of like the, oh, the sure. in the running community. Yeah. And, uh, they still use those old singlets that have the orange on it. And it's just kind of this, this really, really neat, um, just kind of background and background story to their track club. And there's, an amazing runner that is heading it up now called Enoch Nadler. He's, he was fairly close. I think he was in the running to go to the Olympics for the marathon. I mean, he's he's kind of an all in kind of guy, really, really, Mm -hmm. really uh, talented runner. So they've got a a growing community there. When I was there from 2006 to 2012, um, really, really December, I guess of 2011 was when I graduated from my master's program. It was a lot different. The Florida track club was probably a little bit more felt to be a little bit more stagnant at that point. And, mm-hmm. and truthfully, I mean, as you've probably seen, the community has built up really since that time, uh, the, the running community in particular, I mean, runners are notoriously kind of loners a lot of times, and, and they're really loners in all aspects in terms of a lot of times you're either literally running alone and also you're training historically, they're not really working with a team of people like a, yeah. a coach or a club or a physical therapist or a strength, you know, someone who's a professional on the strength side of things. So, um, I don't know what it, how different it would be since I left in that capacity, just because it has grown and evolved so much. And there's a lot more opportunity out there to get connected in the community. But back then it was, people were doing their own thing. Um, but yeah. nothing like, I mean, here you go drive up the side of a mountain and you see someone biking next to you. It's a lot different. Tuscaloosa, um, probably a little bit less active, but it's, mm-hmm. it's a Southern town, you know, um, it's growing and I think it's, it's starting to change. They have an excellent, um, cross country and track team. They've got yeah. some excellent, obviously their football team's great. They've got a huge athlete presence there, yeah, but, for sure. um, outside of the university system, there's not, there's not many, or at least one, again, while I was there, there, there weren't really as many people. I was, I was one of the outliers in terms of people that were seriously training. Yeah. Yeah. And that was kind of my perception when I went there and I'm trying to think back to when did I go to Tuscaloosa? It was either, so I spent, um, 
I spent 13 months down in the suburbs of Atlanta for an orthopedic residency program after I graduated from physical therapy school in Wisconsin. And one of the weekends that I was there over, I was there from August, mid-August of 2015 to about mid-September or early September of 2016. And I don't remember if it was in you know, the fall of 15 or the, the spring of 16, but one of those, I went to Tuscaloosa for a weekend. Uh, basically, a friend of mine had a, had a brother flying down to like the Birmingham, Tuscaloosa kind of area for something for work. So we kind of drove over there to visit him. And that was my impression was like, obviously the school has a huge athletic, um, at, you know, all of the athletic programs, um, but that the town itself or the city itself maybe wasn't, I mean, definitely not like an active place like we are in now at Denver and Boulder and whatnot. But, um, you know, I think uh, speaking of Alabama football, I know uh, one of my coworkers here did his undergrad at Arkansas, and there's a um, pretty pretty big like getting hyped up game between Alabama and Arkansas this coming up weekend. So I know he's pretty excited about that. But um, but yeah, historically, I think I think we know what might happen in that game, but we'll see. We'll see on Saturday. You never know. You never yeah. know. It has become a dynasty though. So <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, so you and Sammy you know, moved out here, but even before you moved out here, you were starting the process of like, where did the idea behind training block come from? Like, how did this even become a thing to the point where now we're having this conversation? Good question. So the backstory is that, like I mentioned, um, Sammy, my husband and I met in February of 2011 at the end of a half marathon. And Mm -hmm. At the time, that was really the fastest I'd ever run. I was really pumped up about about running. I was I'd never run a marathon before, but I was going to use that time to enter into the New York City Marathon because I had qualified, and um, so that was really starting kind of an upward trajectory of yeah. um, really my running career. Um, and my husband was on the flip side; he had just finished uh, being a D one collegiate athlete. He's a track and field athlete at the University of North Florida, which is in Jacksonville. And so we really met at a time where we were pretty aligned running wise in terms of just having a passion for it, being really interested in getting faster, getting better. And that was great. Uh, But really about six months after we met and we started dating, he started experiencing what turned into a chronic knee issue. And we Mm -hmm. really couldn't figure out what the issue was. In hindsight, it appears that it was caused by being in a typical cross-country collegiate program where you don't have good strength programming and you're told to run as many miles as possible, as fast as possible with no real recovery days. And even as a young adult, it still is a huge impact on your body. But he was really suffering the after effects of that, especially after college when he was in, when he was in practice, he was a nurse at the time and he was not able to train regularly. He didn't have an athletic trainer. He didn't have a massage therapist to kind of keep those things at bay. Yeah. And it turned into a chronic knee issue. So that was in the fall of 2011. And we moved to Alabama in the fall of 2012 for me to start law school and his his training really deteriorated because of his knee. And he had been training to break 15 minutes in the 5K. He had had yeah. been like a 1508 
5K guy, like his sophomore year of college. I mean, I'm barely, I'm two years of really solid training and then had gotten injured, started coming back. And then of course, you know, graduated and had this knee injury come up. So his training started deteriorating and he had, while he was in Jacksonville and then in Alabama, had gone to see a few different physical therapists and I think even an orthopedic surgeon and a chiropractor. And he wasn't getting answers to the problem. And he wasn't, even from people that thought they had an answer to what Mm -hmm. the issue was, they weren't properly treating him. Or if they were, he wasn't getting any better. So I guess that kind of speaks for itself. Yeah. Yeah. Whether, whether or not, you know, it sounded or felt like to them that they were doing the right things. He just wasn't getting the results that he was looking for. Right. Right. And luckily for us in 20, I think it was 2014, 2015 timeframe, he connected with a guy who is a chiropractor. And I use the term loosely because he is, and he's also a lot more than that. He's a, an amazing uh, practitioner. His name is Bo Beard. He's with the farm in Birmingham, but he and his wife had just moved to the area and they opened up this cash pay practice. And he was the only person that Sammy had seen, even as a division one college athlete who has, or should have access to some of the best people in the area. Yeah, It was really the first time he'd been to someone that assessed him functionally and holistically and really looked to see what the real problem was, did a full history of a full injury history, everything about him and really comprehensively was able to diagnose and treat him. Yeah. So under, under Bo, he was able to get a lot better. And then we moved to Jacksonville and things started kind of, kind of going back South. Um, and he continued to have really the same issue in Jacksonville. Couldn't really find someone that was good. Went to a couple of people that just weren't really well-versed in treating athletes in particular. And, um, wasn't really until a couple of years after that, that he was able to get in with a manual physical therapist that was able to make a big difference in, in Jacksonville mm-hmm. as well. Um, so through that whole process and seeing him go through that and really seeing his, his goals and his, his dreams, I, I don't want to say change as much as just kind of disappear mm-hmm. um, and just how that impacted him mentally. And just, just the whole, you know, people, you pour your life into your passions. Right. And, yeah. and for him to, to experience so much disappointment and what ifs in terms of how he could have competed at the collegiate level and then how he could have competed post-collegiately as a, as an insanely talented athlete. Um, we just were kind of talking about it and I think really more accurately described as just complaining about it a lot to each other. <laughs> we were in, I remember exactly where we were when we were talking about it and where it led to us starting training block, we were in Brevard, North Carolina, which is a fantastic place for running trails. I know Love right where there. Brevard is. Yeah. Oh, cool. Have you been there before? I actually have some family members that live in Brevard. Oh, no way. Yeah. yeah they have this little house, you know, it's up, up a hill. Um, you know, I always call them my aunt and uncle, but technically it's my mom's aunt and uncle that live there. And, um, you know, my uncle, part of the reason they moved there is he, he really, for his own fitness journey, got into cycling and, um, 
you know, he was living in southeastern Wisconsin, relatively flat, pretty boring place to cycle, even though Racine has a 70.3 Ironman that happens there where, where I'm from. But yeah, they moved from there to Brevard. I don't remember what year it was, but I've been out there to visit them. And yeah, I totally agree. Tons of great trails. It's like that whole Asheville kind of area, similar to where we are now. Like there's a different activity. You know, it's, it's just a different type of place. It is. It's beautiful. And you're right. Completely different. Mm-hmm. I I miss that about the East coast. When, when you run on trails there, you just get lost in the woods. Yeah, sure. And it's yeah, just beautiful. Um, I'll make a quick plug. If you have any listeners that are high school athletes, high school runners, there's an amazing running camp out there. That's run just so well by, um, the, the, this family called the Wittics is called the Brevard distance runners camp. Mm-hmm. And they just, I mean, they just play in the mountains all week. Uh, and this is three different weeks in the summer. You can go for one week all the way up to three weeks. And I've been out there, I've been part of it. Um, and not as a, as an athlete, but really just kind of working as staff. And it's, it's a great place for people, both, both to get faster, but also just to be a part of the running community. Super, yeah. super recommend it. People come from all over the country to go. So, well, I appreciate um, that recommendation. I, I made a little note here. I'll try to remember to um, find that and link that in the show notes for this, so that people can easily find that. Yeah, yeah. No, they're they're. I'd say it's one of the best camps in the country. They're 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 great. Awesome. Um, but we were up there uh, in the spring of 2019, and. Mm-hmm. We were complaining about it. And then we finally were just like, well, why don't we just like, wouldn't it be nice if I guess we started with, wouldn't it be nice if there was an easy place for you to find people who actually know what they're doing when it comes to sport and mm-hmm. being able to find a physical therapist on the first try that yeah. knows sports, sport injury, and, you know, potentially what if they even know your sport in particular. So they know the difference between what a runner needs and a cyclist needs and a weightlifter needs and all of these different, you know, sports where, where there's a a practitioner who, who can understand, can effectively diagnose and can effectively treat. Um, and as we started kind of getting into it, we were realizing, you know, and, and talking to other athletes, especially runners, we realized that it's really an across the board need on the athlete Mm -hmm. side. They, a lot of people go through the same thing that Sammy did. And, um, it's, it can be a very defeating and lonely place when a, a big part of your community is the people that you train with and the people, you know, those are the people you do life with. Those are the people yeah. that you talk about the great times, the hard times, you know, it's, it's more than just your sport. It's really your life and yeah. to change your life in that way. When you've got, you know, Achilles tendonitis, or you've got, you know, chronic knee pain or whatever it is, um, you know, it, to know that you're staring down a potential lifelong problem that you might not have treated is really, really defeating for a lot of people. Um, so that's really why we wanted to start it. And we really started training block with the idea that we would give people better access to physical therapists and, and chiropractors like Bo. So chiropractors that, that really don't just, you know, crack and, you know, adjust and then leave kinds of chiros, but, you know, working with clinicians that really know what they're doing. Um, and then we started expanding into other areas of, of training, including, you know, the need for working with sports dietitians rather than just, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a general, a generalist, a general nutritionist, 
or a general dietitian or, yeah. you know, and then working with sports psychology and people that are having mental blocks, uh, working with strength coaches that understand strength from the aspect of your sport, not just for weight loss. So we realized essentially, you know, what, what was initially started as a way for athletes to find PTs became something where we realized that we really need this to be a community of, Mm -hmm. of really all practitioners in sport that can work together with each athlete, but that athletes may have different needs at different times. And we want to really be able to meet those needs, whatever aspect of their training they're needing to work on. So, um, that's what we did. And then I would take hours telling you the trial and error of (laughs) trying to start something like this. Um, it took a couple years and I had one child and one on the way by the time we really launched the first version of training block which we did in Northeast Florida, which is where we were living at the time. And, um, and it's been growing slowly, but steadily at some times. And now it's really ramping up, but it's, yeah. it's been growing really ever since. Yeah. So that's well, that background was awesome. And I think, I think you really nailed it on the head with, you know, this essentially came out of a personal struggle, right? And when you, when you have that, like a lot of times people get into a career path due to a personal experience with something or or a family experience with something, you know, that's kind of kind of how I wound up going down the physical therapy route with my father's rehab processes and then my own injuries right at that time where I was trying to decide what I was going to do. And, um, you know, I ended up missing half of my senior season of wrestling in high school due to an injury. And that was the second time in my life that I had had to have physical therapy as a client and then ended up due to some surgeries and orthopedic things um, and potentially being led down the wrong path by not having the entire holistic view, you know, just kind of getting like funneled into the athletic trainer, into the ortho, into the surgery room. I ended up missing my senior season of track due to some orthopedic surgeries that I had and um, never was able to run that, even though finished junior year with two PRs in my two events at the two out of my three events in the, um, the conference meets. And it was like, well, shoot, it would have been nice to see if, if we could have improved upon that in a senior year, but I was pretty much, um, just cheering everyone else on during that, during that senior year. But I think that ultimately, um, even though there's a big, what if, you know, like you said, for, for Sammy and the knee struggle that he was going through, I think it makes for, there's a lot of fuel and passion behind the project um, to make it really become something effective and meaningful because it's not just something that you're doing. Like you said, this is like a, it's like a life thing. And I love that you said when you have that network or community of people that you're training with and hanging out with, and you're like, you're just doing life. And I love that saying just doing life because at the end of the day, that's what it is. Like you're, those are the people you confide in. Those are the people you want to celebrate with. and even when you're not training, those are the people that you want to hang out with. So, um, it's just like your whole, your whole community. Um, so you said, you know, I don't know if you, you would remember this or not, but do you remember what ultimately was like that provider bow that took a different look or a different approach at the issue that Sammy was dealing with? Do you remember like, what was like the main thing or two that they actually ended up treating that was different than, than what the other providers he had seen in the past. Cause he had been through numerous providers that wasn't, wasn't accomplishing the results. 
Yeah. Um, well, he could tell that story better than I could because I, you know, I obviously wasn't in the room with them, but from, from what I understood, there were a few different things. One was that Bo looked at him comprehensively all the way down to like childhood injury. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he was a, Sammy's one of those people that is annoyingly good at everything. And so he was a, a ranked tennis player when he was younger, he played soccer, you know, he just, he just kind of did everything and really took to everything, but had gotten a few injuries along the way, I think on the soccer field before he moved into running. So he started running as either junior or senior in high school, really competitively, and then took that into the collegiate level. But Bo really looked at some of those injuries that he had to start with and just mm-hmm. got a comprehensive history, which was unusual for, for, from, from Sammy's experience. Um, but really, I think the two things that stood out was a lot of these other PTs, if you piecemealed everything that each of those other PTs had all said and put them all together, that's pretty much what Bo did. He, you know, one PT might, might be doing manual therapy or, you know, doing some kind of, you know, band work or some kind of an assessment that might be helpful, but it was really just a piece of the puzzle. And he had Mm -hmm. a more complex injury that needed really a holistic view of what was going on for some people. Maybe that one, you can't really ever say that something, so there's many things that never work. There are a lot of things that work some of the time, mm-hmm. like therapies, right? And like sometimes they can work. A lot of times they don't, but sure. you can't really rule things out. So I don't want to say that each of those things that those PTs were prescribing were completely ineffective. They just weren't effective for his injury. So, yeah. so it really was a Bo really brought a lot of those things into play and gave really a comprehensive plan, which is what mm-hmm. was missing. The most important thing that he did was he prescribed load, which was not something that most, and and again, chiropractors do not typically, from my understanding, and you would know better than I do, but chiropractors do not typically look at people similarly Mm -hmm. to how PTs do. They, They look at the nervous system. They look at a lot of other, you know, they do a lot of active release, things like that. Um, Bo tends to operate in between. from, from my understanding, he operates really in between or in a kind of both categories. So he operated a lot like a physical therapist in terms of looking Mm -hmm. at him comprehensively and then prescribing load. He had that background and that knowledge of proper loading techniques and what Sammy needed. And truth was that he was weak in a lot of areas and you pair that weakness with the repetition of pounding and speed work and Pair that with poor sleep and not stretching and you know, all, all those things to, together was a recipe for disaster for him. So, so that was really, I think the pivotal difference and was something that, that I, we just had never heard before. Sammy was given, I hate to use the TheraBand example, but he was given a yeah. lot of TheraBand work. He was given, you know, stand on the side of a step and do the hip up kind of, you know, I don't even know what those are called, where you kind of lift your hip up at hip raises. Yeah. That's fine, but it it just didn't, you know, he would do them and he would do them for a couple of weeks or, you know, a month or two. And he'd be like, I do not feel anything different. And it wasn't until working with Bo and that proper loading and all that stuff that he really started seeing different, which was great. Yeah. And I, I was wondering if that was kind of what you were going to say, 
Um, or I would, you know, I didn't necessarily assume that, but I was wondering what you were going to say. And I think it's um, ironic that you said, you know, that there was a comprehensive assessment, right? Of course, comprehensive of his body, but then also the history piece. And then that loading was a piece of the puzzle that didn't happen in a lot of the other places. And unfortunately, we hear that a lot, right? And I mean, you don't want to say it, but I don't mind upsetting some people or or um, having some people complain or something. I'll tell you that I think a lot of times Theraband needs to go, right? Like Theraband is not an adequate tool to strengthen people. Um, I mean, I probably like in previous clinics, previous places that I've worked, I probably use Theraband every single day. Now I could probably count on one hand the number of times I use Theraband in like six months, right? Because that's just not the type of clinic that we have. And like you said, we kind of operate in between in this gray area of what happens in a traditional physical therapy clinic, um, what happens in a gym. And, you know, we're kind of blending that whole big gap together. Um, and I would agree with you as a, as a very general statement without singling out any other types of providers, except for one on our team, we have one of those chiropractors on our team who he has a chiropractic degree, but largely he functions very much like a physical therapist with a lot of chiropractic knowledge and with a lot of knowledge of how to move and load the body correctly. So, uh, which is why he works at our practice and not in your traditional chiropractic office because he used to be there. And his name's James Stetson. He's been on the show. If you want to hear more about him, tune into one of our earlier episodes um, on the code. But, you know, James was in that type of an environment where it was like adjustment. Someone comes in for 15 minutes and then they're they're out the door, but they'll be back two days later because they're coming in three times a week because you just need to be adjusted forever in order to keep, you know, keep the situation um, going or keep the person feeling good. And he doesn't believe in that, right? He just doesn't believe that that is sufficient in a comprehensive enough, you know, treatment style for, for the client. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think I hear the story over and over again. I had, you know, I had a client in here yesterday who is dealing with an Achilles tendonitis issue and they're a runner and, you know, they live 30 minutes away from, from our office and they've been to other places before and all of the stuff that you just listed out, like some little body weight table exercises, some calf stretching, that quite frankly, they weren't very compliant with doing the things that the therapist suggested to them anyways. Well, now they're in our office and the approach that we're taking is different and it's whole body. It's not just, let's look at your lower leg and your calf and your Achilles and think that trying to treat just that is going to address the human that's in front of you, right? Because at the end of the day, you're working with humans. You're not working with knee pain. You're not working with foot pain. You're working with a person that has an issue and you got to help them solve that in a comprehensive manner. So, you know, I'm glad that you guys were able to find somebody who was able to take that type of an approach. And I think it is um, to everybody's benefit that you're trying to create a platform like this that can help other people do the same thing. Because the story that you just laid out, unfortunately, we hear all the time. Just like you said, it's not like he was the only one dealing with this. There's a lot of people that go through the same story. And um, I think it's going to take a long time, unfortunately, to change it because we need to just get this message out to more and to more and to more people in order to see that start to change and then get that message into the schools and into the workplaces where people can consume the information and have it readily available for them. But I think over some of the dates and the timeframes that you laid out, so like while you were in 
Um, you said in the fall of 2012 is when you moved to Alabama for law school, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. that was, um, so I was in undergrad at that time, kind of transitioning into physical therapy school right around that time. Um, I went to like a, a three and three program at uh, Carroll University in Wisconsin because I had a direct admit into PT school. So I was able to wrap it all up undergrad and physical therapy school in six years instead of the traditional seven years. Uh, so I graduated with my undergrad in 2013, but that school year leading up to that was also kind of like my first year of the three years of physical therapy school. But the first time that I had physical therapy as a client was when I was in eighth grade. And then I had it again, as I mentioned, when I was a senior in high school, which was in um, kind of that transition between 2008 and 2009, because it was wrestling season. Um, There has been a massive shift in what I've seen in healthcare, well, particularly physical therapy from then to now, right? Like the stuff that was being done 15 years ago pretty much has gone by the wayside compared to what we do now. And a lot of it is the loading and a lot of it is the looking very comprehensively and like the providers having the knowledge and the skills and the expertise to like really diagnose and treat things and not just run people through cookie cutter programs and stuff. Like you come in with knee pain and you're a runner compared to you come in with knee pain and you're a 50 year old sedentary person and you just get given the same same things to do, the same list of exercises to do. Hopefully that's not what's happening now. Um, I know in some clinics it probably is, but there are a lot of places like physio room, like the um, gentleman, Bo, who hopefully things are starting to change and we're seeing a, seeing a little difference because, you know, when I had missed that senior season of track in college, I had, I ended up having three surgeries on my left hip one on my right, one on my right ankle. And then after one of those surgeries, I remember I was traveling 30 minutes to see a physical therapist, even though I probably passed like half a dozen other physical therapy offices on the way, probably more than that. But it was because I had been to some other, some of those other places and I didn't feel like I was getting just like Sammy experienced. I didn't feel like I was getting what I needed to get back to the things that I wanted to do. So I sought out another clinic with another type of provider. And I was driving 30 minutes to go there. Um, I mean, I had a conversation this morning. I I did a yoga class about maybe 25 minutes from my house down in Castle Rock, Colorado. And I had a conversation with a woman after the class who, um, you know, she kind of joked, she was like, did I hear that you're a physical therapist? I have, I have, uh, you know, probably one of those annoying, like stranger walks up to you questions, if that's okay. And I said, yeah, absolutely. It's not annoying. Feel, you know, ask me whatever you want. And um, so she tells me about this. Uh, sounds like a nerve nerve injury that she's having. And she was an athlete growing up and she still has this complication with this nerve injury causing symptoms down her arm. She's like, I've been to like 10 physical therapists and she's currently traveling an hour down to Colorado Springs to see somebody um, who, who she thinks is helping. And she loves this provider that she's seen. But, um, you know, quite frankly, she, she, and he feels like, you know, they're kind of stumped. I'm like, what's going on. So, um, you know, and I was asking her some questions and I know nothing about this provider down in the Springs. It sounds like they're doing some great stuff, but I was asking her some questions about like things that came to my mind of, okay, you've been dealing with this for so long. So I assume you've probably tried this and this and this. And she said no to some of those things. And I was like, okay, well, 
I'm not telling you to switch from that provider that you know, like, and trust down there in the Springs. But if you want another opinion, another set of eyes, I or someone on our team would be happy to take a look. And, um, you know, maybe we'll end up seeing this woman in our office. Um, I just told her, hey, I'm not going to ask you to schedule an appointment right here on the spot, but here's my information. Um, you know, do you let me know if you need anything? So I think it's awesome to have a platform like this, like Training Block, where people can find the professionals that are the right fit for them. And, you know, at any given time, that person might change. Like you might have a therapist that you love. And for that period of your life, that might be the best person for you to be with. And then things might change and you might need a different person to kind of tag in and be that, that provider for you. And, you know, I definitely don't think that whether it's physio room or everyone else, like it's awesome to have other people to lean into nutritionists and dietitians and sports psychology and all the things that you mentioned, because none of us can do it alone, right? Like none of us can be the expert in everything. Um, and we don't have to be when we have other people that can be great resources. Yeah, you're right. And one of the things that you, that you mentioned, and I would say that it's true to a, to an extent is that that things are shifting. And mm -hmm. when it comes to especially physical therapy, I mean, to, when I was in undergrad, Garmin watches were just coming out. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. you know, and those were those like dinosaur age Garmin watches that were massive and, yeah. and didn't really work that you, you remember like those, you know, those, those types of things. And as technology has developed, things have continued to develop. But back then there were not practitioners that practice the way that you do. There just weren't there. Yeah. I mean, definitely I not any area that I had seen and the top practitioners, people who were some of the best in the business were working exclusively with professional athletes or yeah. collegiate athletes. So for the general population, it just was not accessible. And over the, the really the span of the last 10 to 15 years, there has been you know, a lot of development in terms of, of the understanding of science and physiology and all of that stuff. And then there have become practitioners. Most of the practitioners that I've seen that are practicing this way are younger, are really eager to learn the new science and are not yeah. as set in their ways. They're very curious. And that leads to a oftentimes a more comprehensive approach because they're both curious about the science and they're curious about what's going on with that athlete. Mm -hmm. So I would say that that's something that has has been changing a lot there are also so many ineffective practitioners still out there and i think yeah. that's what the message is that you know athletes should i really believe and by athlete i really mean somebody who is who is training for a sport whatever whatever skill level you you are currently at or whatever skill level you're trying to reach and whatever that sport mm -hmm. is you know but as an athlete you should be educating yourself on, on what you need and educating yourself on the basics of nutrition and physiology and your coaching and be curious about it as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but you shouldn't have to have a pseudo degree to figure out which PT is the one you're supposed to go to. It has right. taken us, me years to figure out what that looks like. And yeah. that really shouldn't, you know, be the case. And so that's, that's really, I think the big thing that we're trying to to make happen is because there is still a really big disparity. There are many, many, many clinics that say they work in sports injury and they mm -hmm. should not. Yes. They do, but they should not. So, 
So it, it still is out there. You know, Training Block is a platform for athletes to to know that whoever's on there is is a high, high, high quality vetted practitioner that has the background, the skills, the expertise, the education that supports an effective diagnosis and treatment. If you're working in the PT or chiropractic space, um, you know, with sports dietitians, strength trainers, they, they all have that background knowledge to really be effective. So you don't have to bounce around. Like you said, if, you know, if, if there's something where an athlete moves or if maybe a price point is not what's feasible for them at one point, but might be at a different point or um, personality wise, or for whatever reason, they start working with somebody else, you know, that's possible, but it shouldn't be because someone they found on training block isn't helping them. You know, that's, it's just rarely the case because that's, it's such a high quality group of practitioners and people like you that you get your degree, but you're really just getting started learning and, and you've continued, you know, the, the whole learning process beyond, because that's how you help your athletes out is by continuing to learn, continuing to apply, continuing to experience and, and figure things out with them. So, um, yeah, you know, it's, I, my philosophy when it comes to, you know, the, the group of practitioners on training block, I mean, you guys are on there from my perspective, it is for our athletes. So Mm -hmm. I hope there's millions of, as long as they're great, as long as they're top notch, I hope there's as many practitioners as there are athletes because it gives athletes choices. Right. But in terms of competition and in terms of just, you know, there being PTs that are in the same area and things, things like that, you know, it's, it's one of those things where my philosophy is, and what we've seen is that there are so many, there are more athletes then can go around. There are so yeah. many people that are starting and stopping and that are, you know, especially once they're educated on the process of what they need, um, mm-hmm. that, that there, there shouldn't be really any worry that like, well, if they go here, then I'm going to lose this, you know, it's, it's just such a vibrant community and the community itself will continue to grow with more support. People like Sammy stop running because they don't have that support. So the community dies when it's not being fostered and cultivated and grown both by other runners and other, you know, and it's true in other sports as well, but I'm talking about the running community because that's, that's my community. That's who I know. And, you know, kind of what I've grown with, but you know, it's, it's not just other runners. It's also the PTs and the coaches and the strength coaches and the people that the people that you work with as part of the process, those are some of runners biggest advocates is what these athletes need to continue that community, which continues to grow it, which continues to bring in more business for other PTs and Kairos. And, you know, so I really do think it's a very collaborative environment. I think it's a place that, you know, people can bounce ideas off of each other. It's also a place, like you mentioned, I mean, dietitians often, I mean, I can't tell you how many times in the past couple of years I've had PTs asking me for recommendations for a sport dietitian, potentially one that has a, you know, experience in eating disorder issues or has experience in these different issues. And, um, but it's, you know, there's a lot of collaborate cross collaboration, I guess, you know, a lot of athletes have needs in a few of the areas. So being able to kind of work together and have that referral network is a, is a great secondary benefit to training block two from the practitioner side. What's going on code listeners, Dr. Andrew fix here. And I want to tell you about our friends at element element makes a tasty electrolyte drink with everything that you need 
and nothing that you don't. That means the science-backed electrolyte ratio of sodium, potassium, and magnesium, and none of the junk. No sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. And that's why I use it. I've been taking Element for two years now, and I absolutely love the stuff, and I wouldn't want to exercise without it. For all of you code listeners and friends of Physio Room, Element's offered a special to you guys, and I want you to take advantage of it. Go ahead and visit drinkelement.com slash physioroom. That's drinklmnt.com slash physioroom to receive that special offer. You're going to get a free variety pack with any purchase that you place. And uh, I can't wait to hear what you guys think about it. Thanks so much. You know, I think all of what you just talked about there is kind of like, you know, it's like a life cycle, right? Where we we need those different resources and connections. And I very much have, I think you can tell this and people on the show can tell this. I very much have an abundance mindset, right? Like there are so many athletes out there. There's so many people out there that could benefit from, you know, someone being a guide for them. And I, I, you know, I use the term guide strongly because like you said, an athlete doesn't necessarily need to have a pseudo degree to figure out what's going on with them or to figure out who they should see. But you do have to be curious because it is the responsibility of you to solve your problem. Like no provider, no matter how great they are, they can't do it for you. Um, As much as we wish we could, we can't do it for you. We can be part of the journey with you and try to share and, um, you know, teach as much stuff as we can and demonstrate and do the manual techniques and whatnot. But ultimately, you have to be curious and you have to, um, I love that term, just being curious, whether it's about yourself, about the person in front of you. Um, And it's a a team approach. And providers need providers too, right? Where I was speaking at that yoga studio I I mentioned this morning. And one thing that I really like um, about the yoga community, at least the people that I've been connected with lately, is it seems like, and I think maybe this is because, you know, they call it a practice And in a practice, the idea is that you are constantly evolving and growing and changing and learning new things. Um, And I think that's why, you know, medicine was initially determined to be a practice and not just like, I got my degree degree and that's, you know, it stops from there. I know everything that I need to know. Um, I know a lot of yoga instructors will go to other yoga studios to take classes and to see how other instructors teach their class and what things do they say and how do they instruct people because they're constantly trying to better themselves. I know one thing is true is that most of us providers make terrible clients, take make terrible patients ourselves, right? Because it's so much harder to listen to yourself. Even if you, even if you know what the thing is that you should be doing, we don't do it as much as when someone else tells us to do it. Or when we pay money to get the advice of someone else and they tell us what to do, you get that objective set of eyes and viewpoint. Um, and we all we all need that. So I know you and I were talking right before we hit record uh, on this on this episode about a client of ours that we connected with somebody down in Florida because she did the opposite move of you and moved from here down to Florida, but she's still dealing with an issue and we wanted to make sure she got in in the to the right place, right into a clinic that was like ours that we knew that they were going to take care of her. and I wanted to make sure that, you know, she wasn't bouncing around going through the the hoops trying to find a place like that she found here in Colorado. And, you know, you could use a, a site like Training Block to do that, right? Maybe I don't know somebody in Mississippi, but maybe there's somebody on Training Block where I don't have to go through the the vetting process because you've already done that for me. And I know that that's a quality place that I'm going to be sending somebody. 
um, or, or recommending to someone who, who I may not be able you know, to be the best fit for them at that time. So I think it's great. Um, now I know you had mentioned that training block sort of started out as like being for runners, but that your vision has really kind of shifted for it to be a bit of a more well-rounded, um, kind of platform and not just for running and not just for physical therapy or chiropractic, but kind of the whole spectrum of things. Um, you know, what do you really hope to see training block kind of turn into? That's a great question. And you're right. I mean, we, I know the running community very intimately, so it's, mm-hmm. it was an easy first step in terms of let's meet the needs of, of this particular community. And as we've grown and as we've grown with practitioners like you, we've realized that not, you know, number one on the athlete side, we've realized that the, the issues and the pain points that the running community feels are felt maybe in different areas of the body with other sports, but it's, it's prevalent everywhere. People that push their bodies and try to do really cool things are, are pushing their limits and oftentimes have needs that result. you know, they need care, they need physical therapy, they need some body work because, you know, they're, they're pushing themselves or trying some really hard and cool things. Um, so, but, but one of the things that made us go a little bit faster outside of the running community is that there are practitioners like you, that you have a specific skill set with runners. I mean, you mm-hmm. do, and that's right. fantastic. And that's what we've looked for is for people that understand runners mindsets and runners bodies and understand kind of the impact of the sport on them and everything like that. But you also have this incredible skill set that, you know, with overhead lifting and, and all of these other types of things was like shoulder injuries and neck injuries and all of these, you know, just, there's a huge component that was missing. And so we were just like, we've got these great practitioners on board. Let's make sure that these other markets, these other mm-hmm. athletes and these other sports also are aware that we have these great practitioners because turns out they don't just work with runners. So it's not yeah. really serving, you know, the, there's no point in not really expanding that to some of these other markets. Um, at the end of the day, I mean, even over the last couple of years, training block has already evolved in ways that I wasn't really anticipating. The goal and our mission has always been to give athletes better access to quality services that they need mm-hmm. for training. So the quality practitioners that they're needing to work with, I don't anticipate that core value really ever changing because it's a really yeah. huge need. Um, really over the next, I'd say three to five years, we're hoping that it's that the name and that our brand and that who we are and the practitioners that really stand behind us and that we stand behind are are flourishing. And it becomes like our ultimate goal is really that practitioners like you and the businesses, the clinics like physio room are what athletes go to first and they know to go to you guys first. And there's a shift in the, the, the model that can, that, typically happens, which is you Google somebody, it's probably affiliated with a hospital clinic, with an outpatient, you know, rehabilitation center. I don't want to name names, but you know, you show up there and you talk to a physical therapist for about 15 minutes and then they give you a band and they send you with an aid and then you do 25 more minutes and then you go home and you repeat that twice a week for six weeks. Yeah. And then your insurance runs out and then, you know, all of those things that happen. And then you try 
the next one and then yeah. you try the next one and then maybe two years later they find you we we really want yeah. it to be something where you know just they go to you first yeah. and they know <laughs> that people like you are out there and like you said they have they have sports medicine you know painted right. up on the wall right it's a, it's it a just sports medicine me. yeah yeah and i mean i am currently the one that and it is an incredible amount of time that it takes, but I have looked at, I mean, I can't tell you how many people I've gone to see, how many either go, going into the clinic or seeing their websites and you can, words are just words. As yeah. I know, I'm an attorney, words are just words. And it really depends on the substance behind that and being mm -hmm. able to see, you know, just because they say sports medicine does not mean that they, they know what they're doing in that area. So mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a big advocate for sport. I think sport has the ability to change people's lives for the better, whether you're doing it recreationally all the way up to the professional level, it's such an enriching part of life. Yeah. Um, it really is. And, and being active in general is, is just such an, I mean, it's a pivotal part of, of anyone's life and the way they should be. And one of the biggest things that changes that for you know, the average generally healthy person that is starting to get into a particular sport or hobby is they run into a roadblock mm -hmm. like an injury and, and they get defeated. They feel alone. You know, you've got this great high that you were experiencing that came from this new community and these endorphins and all these cool things. You've got this momentum and all of a sudden it's just gone and it's worse than before you started because now yeah. you know what you're missing. So, you know, we, we really want to make sure that, that, that momentum can stay and that athletes feel adequately supported by quality practitioners, um, that they can work with, they can be friends with, like you mentioned, you know, you said that you've done races with clients, you've done, you know, it's a relationship and it should be. And one of the biggest things we hear from athletes is that they want an advocate. They want someone they know actually cares, not just yeah. to going up and clocking in and is working on them and then goes home, but that actually really cares and is, you know, dead set on figuring out what the issue is, getting them better, seeing results, getting excited about the progress, kind of walking with them through that process. So yeah. And practitioners that are higher quality tend to, to do it because they're passionate about it yeah. and, you know, put themselves through unnecessary, sometimes unnecessary stress and extra education and really these things to really better their athletes. And I just, my hope is that, that every athlete that gets into a sport knows that if something, if they need help or there's something that needs to be fixed, if they have an injury, they have, you know, a mental roadblock that needs sports psychology, if they've got a nutrition issue, if they've got, you know, if they're not getting faster for some reason where they might need a coach that they know they're not they're not unfixable, that it's not mm -hmm. a dead end, right? It's, it's a bump and they just, they've got people that can walk with them over that bump to the next level. And a lot of times people just don't feel that way because they don't know what's out there that what can help them. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's really what we're trying to do. Yeah. I, I absolutely love it. And, you know, I hope, I hope everybody that's listening to this episode goes and finds you guys. And, you know, before we wrap up, wrap it up, we'll let you know where you can do that. But, you know, I think, I think, you know, I just want to share this on here because I think this is the nature of where the 
the medical system, healthcare system in the United States is right now. And it's just a reality. So, you know, I worked prior to coming to physio room without naming any names of practices. I worked at a different place in multiple types of roles for, and in uh, multiple parts of the country for uh, almost five years. And I can confidently tell you that I do not remember, well, and at least now at, at this point, I don't have one former patient that um, that I still communicate with from, from that time, from those five years, right? There is probably every day, there are conversations via text message. You know, my clients now have my personal phone number. I get questions outside of the office. We do things outside of the office because we're friends outside of the physical therapy clinic. Um, you know, we do events, we got to eat, we whatever. People listen to this podcast and share their feedback to me in the office or or on my phone of what they think about it. And the system doesn't provide the space in the environment for that to happen a lot of times, right? Because I used to be one of those providers that exactly like you mentioned, where I was trying to juggle four patients at once and I gave you a TheraBand and said, go over here and do this. And, you know, Susie, the aide will be with you while you're doing it while I'm working on this other person and I'm throwing some dry needles in this other person. And that is just not how you can get the quality care that you're talking about that you need. And if anybody, you know, listening to this is kind of wondering about Chelsea and Sammy's kind of vetting process of making sure that high quality providers are on the platform. I mean, she lives an hour away from where our clinic is. And she drove down here to make sure that what I was telling her is actually happening in reality, right? Came to our clinic, checked it out to make sure that we are who we say we are and, you know, experience it firsthand. And how we got connected in the first place was through a good friend of hers who was a client of ours and through like a testimonial type of type of a situation. And, you know, those relationships were not able to, like those didn't happen in my, in the past place where I was. Relationships happened with coworkers, but not with clients to the extent that they can happen now because we have the time to provide to the person in front of us and not just think about treating their diagnosis or their injury or whatever that is. And we just work with the person and whatever the, you know, whatever the right thing is that that person needs, that's what we try to provide them. Right. And sometimes that's stuff that we can provide in our office. And sometimes that's a referral to somebody else like a, another health professional that is best suited for what it is that we think they really need at that time. So, um, so yeah, I hope, I hope that you can continue to get really, really high quality people on training block so that, like you said, that people can find the right place the first time and not have to just jump around and jump around and be left with this thought of like, well, I've tried four other, four different places. So I guess, you know, I'm just stuck living like this forever. And then they're just defeated. And, you know, that's, that's a horrible place to be. So, um, no, I think it, I think it is awesome. So with that in mind, someone listens to this episode, where's the best place that they can find training block? How are they going to reach out to you guys? Yeah, great question. So our website, we're at trainingblockusa.com. Um, that's the best place to get connected in and just to, you can, once you get to the homepage, it's a place where you can search for whatever you're looking for, physical therapy, sports nutrition. You can look for general things like that. You can also get, if you know more about what you need, you know, if you've been kind of in the, in the 
kind of swing at things for a while and you know more what you need, like, let's say, you know, you need dry needling or you're looking for cupping or, you know, acupuncture or things like that. You can search for any of those keywords um, in whatever area you're looking. So right now we primarily serve the Denver and Boulder areas. And we also have a presence in Northeast Florida. Mm -hmm. We're starting to expand fairly quickly into other parts of the country. So if there's not a practitioner near you that you see on training block, they will be coming soon. So, so that's, you know, one, one piece of it. Uh, Another piece is you can feel free to put my email address if you want to, in the show notes, I do vet a lot of people and I, I do a very thorough job in terms of understanding what makes a practitioner, you know, worth being on a platform because that's what we rely on. That's, that's what training block is about. And without that, we're, we're really no different than Google, right? If, if everybody mm-hmm. on Google came over, it really wouldn't be a differentiator. So yep. uh, I'm happy for people that say that they live in Mississippi and there's not somebody on training block in their local area yet. Um, they can reach out to me via email and we'll talk through some different options. There's also a lot of practitioners that are on board, especially outside of the PT and chiropractic space that are more, you know, hands-on. Um, like dietitians, sports psychologists, uh, running, cycling, and triathlon coaches, and some strength coaches that do online programming. Again, not the stereotypical programming for diet and weight loss, but programming for your sport that you know really can can merge in with whatever training plan you have in a really cohesive way. But we have people like that across the country that are virtual as well, that are accessible regardless of whether you do live in Mississippi or other areas that we're not servicing yet. So it's a great place to check out. Um, another thing that we have that's also great is on our website, we also have what we call our resource library. So it's uh, it's it's a great place. Like we talked about a little while ago, you know, I do think that if you want to be a good athlete, you don't want to just put your head down and just trust what everybody says at all times. You want to educate yourself in what you need. Uh, it's very good to educate yourself in how your body works, why you're experiencing pain, what if you're given a nutrition plan by a, a registered sports dietitian, figuring out why and, and learning those kind of building blocks of, of knowledge in, in each of those different areas. And our resource library is actually a great place to do that because it really compiles really resources that are just from experts. So mm-hmm. really spans <clears throat> that whole group of people all the way from physical therapy to dietitians, sports psychology, but it's all written by vetted, verified practitioners, high, high, high quality stuff. And it's a great place to just kind of figure that out even before going in someone's door, you know, a great educational tool free yeah. for anybody to use, obviously, but, um, that that list of things that are in the resource library is growing quickly. So, you know, if you're looking for anything from, you know, an expert's take on what type of running shoe that you should wear, or if you're having issues with knee pain, or if there's, you know, mental performance component of training that you're wanting to look for, uh, I think that's a great place to start. Um, also, all of our practitioners that are on board, if they're not in your local area, like, I know, you know, obviously physio rooms on board, if people have a question that, they might want to ask somebody and, you know, they might want to get connected in with some practitioners that may or may not be in their area. They can either reach out to you directly through, there's an email button on each practitioner's page that goes immediately to a practitioner who is 
on training blocks so they can be in contact with these athletes. So they, they want to have that relationship. So I really mm-hmm. encourage people listening to reach out to people, to get connected. They can also find you guys through backlinks to your social media accounts. Um, but yeah, I mean, everybody who's on training block is there to be accessible for athletes. So I would really encourage, especially people in the Denver and Boulder areas to reach out to you guys, to establish relationships, to, to learn more about what their training might need. Um, and for people in other areas that we don't have practitioners yet, um, to both reach out to me, to kind of get their feet wet in the resource library, seeing what all is there. And they can also reach out to you guys too, and start those relationships. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really a a great community and we're really trying to build that as, as we're expanding outside of this particular area. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I was telling Chelsea, you guys off of, off of the air that, um, I'm fortunate to have a huge network of people that, run practices very similarly to ours here physio room. And um, I'm going to do my best to get as many of those high quality providers as possible on training blocks so that if you are in one of those places that you just are struggling to find someone or you don't see someone in your area on the website that um, hopefully they are there soon. Um, Because we've got a big network of people that we love to refer to and tap into that aren't near us here in Colorado. Um, Chelsea, we'll go ahead and throw all of those links and the email and everything you said in the show notes. And then um, of course, like she mentioned, you can find physio room on training blocks. So be sure to check out some of our materials there in the resource library. When you do go hop on there and check that out. And if you enjoyed this episode of the code, I would really appreciate if you would go leave us a review, tell us about the things that you liked, tell us about things that you would love to hear about and make sure that you get your voice heard so that we can bring you valuable content on each and every one of these episodes. Chelsea, thank you so much for joining me for this. Um, I really appreciate your time and appreciate the passion that you have behind this project. I think everybody can hear it come through your voice um, and through the through the speakers. So thanks again so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was this was great. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the code. We will catch you back here next time. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.